it is 2020. You've just finished the holidays. You've enjoyed the time. Some people have ran to the end of the year. Some people have walked and others may have crawled to the end of the year. <laughs> but at the end of the day, you've made it to the end of 2019 and we're about to approach 2020. And I think we should talk about 2020 vision. <laughs> you were ready for that. <laughs> My cousin mentioned that last night. I figured I'd throw that in there. So as you as we talk about 2020, one of the things I wanted to bring up is as you plan the vision and you set out what you want to do for the year, I think it's good to see where you are, where you want to go. And I would even add a third question in there. Who are you? So I use those questions in reference to career and resume. Mm-hmm. So I know we're going to talk later about changing jobs and maintaining relationships, but I wanted to bring up at the first point before you do that, what does your resume say about you? Okay. No, I think that's a really good point. And I'm of the opinion that whether you are going to change jobs or not every year, I'd say even every six months, you mm-hmm. should update your resume because I think most people don't really start thinking about, Hey, what do I have to show for all the work that I've been putting in until yes. they try to update their resume? And I think some people, when they go to update their resume, they're like, you know, what have I been doing? And exactly. I think if you're asking yourself that question, it's like you aren't thinking about it enough. Exactly. Exactly. And it really goes to speak to, are you moving because of a job? Like, are you looking for a financial boost? Are you looking for a title? Or are you making a career move that's going to set up your resume for the next goal or for your long-term goal? So I wanted to bring that really conversation up because I think we need to define the difference between a career decision and a money move or a lateral move. Mm -hmm. So what do you think those differences are? What's a lateral move? Yeah, I mean, I think a lateral move would be, I mean, where you're doing something very similar, whether you're doing it at a new organization Mm -hmm. or whether you're doing it in the same organization where Mm -hmm. you just kind of want to change. And I think there are multiple reasons for that. I think sometimes like, you know, a reason for making a lateral move where, hey, you're not going to increase in pay, the nature of your responsibility doesn't change, but hey, you know what, maybe the dynamics of the team that you're currently working with Mm -hmm. just isn't a good fit. Like Mm -hmm. you like the job, you're cool with the pay, you just want a different team or you just want a different environment culture. Right. And uh, I would say, so to add to that, a career move is I've, I see my potential here in this role. I've Mm -hmm. done everything necessary or required as I look out at the landscape of the current company that I'm in or what's going on. I want to move to the next level and Mm -hmm. me moving to the next level of my career, of my, um, industry trade whatever is going to set me up for that second level i think we kind of talked about that before so one of the points to make is that when you're making decisions about your career and as you do your 2020 outlook doing an assessment of who are you what does your resume say about you what Mm -hmm. what work have you done does your resume speak well to that where are you? What's the current role? What's the position? Mm-hmm. And then where are you going? What do you want that next role to be mm-hmm. before you start just throwing out job applications or going yeah. to talking about different things? And your experience in interviewing and in your different roles, what are some reasons why people leave uh, different jobs or yeah. seek out other positions? Yeah, I think it's, it's, a, it's a mix of things. And I'll say from my experience of being a manager, a supervisor, 
and spend a lot of time with HR um, as far as hiring new positions and even as they're trying to get new positions approved when doing kind of the planning and just looking at that to say, okay, all right, what is it that's, uh, I guess, why is, what's the reason where people are leaving? And some of the reasons have been a lot of times people aren't getting along with their men. Like they, they just don't feel like that working chemistry is going well mm -hmm. with the current, like their direct manager. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the sayings I've heard in some leadership trainings is people don't leave companies, people leave managers. Mm -hmm. And I think mm -hmm. in some respects that can be right a lot mm -hmm. of times. Mm -hmm. um, I think another thing is just when you're in an organization where people feel like, hey, I don't feel like the organization really has a vision, a goal of what they're trying to do. So I can't even figure out what I need to be doing right. because, hey, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of clarity here. Right. And sometimes people, they, I mean, people have enough confusion in their own life mm -hmm. that they don't want to take on somebody else's confusion. Yep. Yep. I think that's another point. I would say money is another, mm -hmm. is another reason why people are leaving. They either are in a financial situation where they need more money mm -hmm. or they believe that their career or experience requires or, or, and it's based or gets more money or they mm -hmm. should be getting more money from whatever reasons. But I think those are, are good points. And let's go back and unpack the, the talk about people don't leave jobs or, or companies, they leave managers. Mm -hmm. I would say in my experience, I've dealt with the range of managers. I've had some that were mentors and training and very focused in my career development. I have some that were all about task oriented and couldn't care less about how I felt or what I thought. It was more, this is the job, get it done. If you can't get it done, then move and I'll find somebody else to get it done. And that whole wide range of spectrum, I've learned a lot from all of them. Some could be, it could be said that from the bad one, I learned what not to do. And from the good one, I learned what to do. But I feel like the best is somewhere in the middle where you're not tying the emotional connection to my job as my manager, but you're also learning and being pushed into an uncomfortable place as well. What's been your experience with, with managers and do you have a preference? Yeah, I mean, I would say I've had a range of managers. Um, I've had some that I didn't even know they existed. Um, mm. And then I've had some that I think are really, really good. I mean, um, well, I don't have their permission to say their names right mm -hmm. now, but I think of like my best manager ever. I mean, she was great. I mean, I was in a newer role um, and it was something that I hadn't really done before. I mean, and there was a lot of pressure because the company was going through SEC investigations. There were different changes and it was a publicly traded company. So there was a lot of changes going on. And part of our job was to, hey, tackle those changes and deal with those. But at the same time, like I said, the role was new to me, but mm -hmm. like just working with her as far as one of those things where she knew and understood the pressure we were under. And she wasn't one of those managers who just kind of let all the pressure just fall on her people mm -hmm. to where she really she knew her stuff. She expected you to deliver and she would step up when need be to take the tough hits or the really tough questions we were getting from mm -hmm. external parties that we had to answer. I mean, and to giving the team the coverage that it needed to go work and do the stuff we need to do in the background. So mm -hmm. when we did, when it was time to deliver the final product, hey, the team can deliver together. And mm -hmm. I, I learned a lot from her. Um, and then I think also just 
um, other managers that I've had where, hey, they were going through life changes where their uh, manager, they, their wife had a baby, so they had to be out. And it was a very critical time. So, like, their wife had some challenges in the pregnancy, but, you know, having to balance, hey, real world life mm-hmm. and being there for a spouse and then at the same time still providing kind of the leadership and kind of the guidance. And I think in that situation, just like giving me more authority than I normally would have had mm-hmm. because he knew he wasn't going to be there. Mm-hmm. So it's just making sure that, hey, I know I need to take care of my family, but at the same time, I don't want to put you guys in a bad situation. So him being able to adjust in that situation. Is it fair to say that in those opportunities, well, in those situations, it creates an opportunity for that employee to or team member to step up and take the lead? Or is it on the company or that manager to make sure that everything is situated? Yeah, I think it's I mean, I think it's a mix. I think it is on the I think part of it is it's an opportunity for the employee to step up now. Where I think it falls on the manager is just the reality that life does happen. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that he and I had talked about, because I had worked with him, and actually he was my manager's manager in a previous role. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that him and I had talked about even then was just, hey, always you know building up your team so that, hey, when life does happen, because mm-hmm. it will. I mean, that your team is comfortable enough and prepared enough that they can step up. Mm -hmm. Because I do think, like I said, it's a mix of it's on the manager to prepare their team to, hey, something may happen or Mm -hmm. it will happen. Is the team ready to step up? Mm -hmm. And then on the employee, it's like, hey, something has happened. You need to step up. That's one of the things that I I use in my career and and with my team is I always want to train my replacement. One, because... I don't know. I may go out. Anything may happen. And I just want to make sure that things will be covered or worst case scenario. But two, I plan to move up. Mm -hmm. So I don't believe I'll be able to move up into the role that I want if the company sees a vacancy or can't see me replacing my role or Mm -hmm. sees a risk if I change roles. So I want to make sure that I'm training the team and training everyone one, does everyone know what everyone else is doing? Mm-hmm. Let's not create any silos. But two, if I were to leave for whatever reason, will it continue on or is it all dictated on me? Because if it is, then it really puts me in a box with mm-hmm. the decisions that I can make. So I'm going to go to the next, take that conversation about the manager. And one of the cliche things that we hear a lot is tone at the top. So when you look out as an employee and in the role that you're in and some of the reasons why people leave is the culture, is the culture of the team the manager's responsibility or is the culture really dictated on the team and the work and the environment? Can that be changed by the team or can it only be changed or impacted by the manager? I think it it definitely, I, I lean to the fact that I think it falls on the manager to decide, hey, If you're going to own leadership over this team, Mm -hmm. hey, it's your job to make sure you set the tone for whatever happens in this team. Now, within the limits that you can. Now, Mm -hmm. of course, you know, if there are higher levels of leadership that are doing something that's completely contrary, I think, Mm -hmm. hey, you got some limits there. Right. But I think to the extent that you can, a manager should seek to create whatever culture that they want, because, I mean, at the end of the day, if the work doesn't get done, or let's say if, if, if five people leave off the team because they're like, hey, I don't like the culture here, 
then that work kind of falls to the manager or the fault the responsibility falls to the manager to figure out how they're still going to get it done if right. people on their team right. start leaving right so i think right. it's in the manager's best interest to own that to say hey how can i create the environment for whatever i control how can i create the environment that works for that to where we're still getting the work done but it's a decent fun culture to where people feel like they are needed and impactful and being heard but not being yelled at or commanded to do things i think yeah. that's one of the reasons why people leave and i think i think also i mean i've worked with some people who had completely different interests to where they didn't really care about having a fun culture team like their interests were completely different they they were very deeply technical that's what they really wanted they really really didn't want much interaction i think that becomes a good well difference between a manager and a person who becomes a good leader mm -hmm. is just understanding what is it that your team wants because like in those environments where i worked around people who they really didn't want to interact like there was one lady that that i was that i guess that was on my team where she had a lot of anxiety issues and anxiety that she had over the years to where she really didn't want to interact with people like mm -hmm. she really didn't want that fun environment but she she did because of the different anxieties or how she approached it and just different experiences she wanted you know a safe environment where she could come do her task interact mm -hmm. only when needed but then i mean and like i said i had to kind of figure that out like hey what does she need mm -hmm. and just kind of create hey that kind of that bubble around her to where she still did her job very well mm -hmm. she was excellent at it um but it's just understanding hey what do the people right. on your team need because i've heard that I think the phrase for that is an individual contributor role mm -hmm. to someone who is not looking to be a manager, who's really not looking to climb a ladder. It's I'm here to I have an expertise. This is the role I've been hired to do. They do their job. They go home and that's it. Mm -hmm. And where you have the other roles that are wanting to excel or wanting mm -hmm. to take on a manager level role or kind of go higher. But that's a that's a good question. Now, when I or a good topic, when I transition that to kind of where you where you want to go in my three questions you take that maybe you don't like the culture maybe you're looking for more money maybe you're you don't get along with your manager or you don't really see any outlook for yourself how do you take that or make the decision to getting another role or going out to find the next job yeah i mean i think those first things are just being honest with yourself to say hey you know what i'm gonna keep it all the way honest and real with myself about what do i not like or mm -hmm. what do what would i like mm -hmm. because i think a lot of people sometimes they come across a couple of things that they don't like and they're like oh i'm finding a new job and it's just like i guess to me it's like it's almost like i'm trying to run forward looking backwards the whole right. time so right. i was like you know you got to be honest with yourself about what is it that you're really looking for mm -hmm. and i think once you start to kind of crystallize that i think I'm a big fan of that's where you start networking. You start meeting other people or just interacting with other people who work in that field because a job can look very good on the outside yes. until you actually get in and yes. do it or until you talk to someone who's actually doing it and they can start to kind of color in the lines for you right. and say like, for example, like, I usually never look at taking a job unless I talk to someone who's either directly involved, who's done it in the past, or someone who has a direct link to someone who works within that organization. Mm -hmm. Because I think, like I said, you wanna understand, hey, what's the real outlook? What is it really gonna be like in this right. 
opportunity. Right. And I, I think a lot of people, like you said, they run into a couple bad things. Maybe one thing hurt your feelings or one thing didn't go your way. And immediately, I want another job. And then you go out and take another job or you start applying and you realize it's a lateral move. So mm-hmm. it's not really doing anything for your resume. And then you look at your resume and the question is asked, well, how long have you been in your current company? Mm-hmm. Well, just a little bit of time. Well, why, why are you moving to this? Well, for me as an interviewer, it speaks to, are you just making changes? Like you're either yeah. looking for money or you're just trying to get away from something. And in that case, are you going to be trying to get away when you get here and see something mm-hmm. that you don't like? But then uh, to go to that next point about if you're making that career decision of this is where I am, this is what I want, then networking or starting to figure out is this next role going to provide me those tools in order to get there? And I think that's a planned decision. That's when mm-hmm. you're you're ahead of your game. You kind of see down the line of where you're trying to go and what you're doing. And, and that's the kind of point that I want to bring out. No, I, I think that's a good one. I mean, I think that having the more clear picture you have of what you want to achieve, like what's your roadmap looks like, I think the easier it is to navigate those decisions. Mm-hmm. Because I do think you may find yourself in a situation where you accepted a job, you've been doing it, and it's just like, you know what, now that I've been doing the job, I don't really feel like, hey, this job fits into ultimately what I'm trying to do. I think that's a very legitimate thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I think you only will know that if you have a clear picture of, hey, what are you trying to achieve? Right. And what's your long-term plan? Like, is there is this job in the current workload, in the current status or team or culture, is this something that I can be comfortably at for the next five years or, mm-hmm. or whatever? I mean, lately, I think it's in our generation or, or with the millennial generation or however you want to classify it, people stay at jobs a lot less. Mm-hmm. I mean, in generations past, it was because you had the pension plans, and if you stayed in the, at the company long enough, you got a pension plan that set you up for retirement. But nowadays, it's just the four hundred one ks and and that type of personal uh, personal investment and planning. So you don't really have to stay at the company long. You just mm-hmm. kind of figure out what you want and you, and you go forward. So I think the, the um, thing I want to bring up or point out, and I think we addressed, is who are you? What's on your resume? What is it speaking to your body of work? Does it really show your growth and progress in your career? The two is where are you? What what are the reasons why you are interested in leaving the current company? Is it culture based? Is it money based? Is it manager based or some some disagreement? Or have you reached your potential and now it's time to look for something else? And then three, where are you going? And what is that role to get mm-hmm. there? Is it a lateral move because of money is it the same make sure you figure out what that role brings before you just jump out because sometimes it puts you in a bad spot 